everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of T Watches a Scary Movie. My name is T, and of course, we're talking scary movies. I appreciate y'all tuning in for another brand new episode here on YouTube to see the video version, or if you're listening in to the audio-only version on Spotify or Podbean, I appreciate you tuning in. Remember, new episodes go up every Wednesday night. Uh, tonight, this one's going up a little bit early because it's a bit of a shorter episode, but we usually go up every Wednesday night, 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on YouTube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Again, YouTube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie for the video version. And like I said before, if you want the audio only version, you know, you're doing it while you're working out, while you're, uh, you know, you're, uh, you're working, all this other kind of stuff there, you can find us on podcast. Podbean and Spotify. Just search T Watches a Scary Movie. And of course, follow me on my channels, y'all. I'm on Twitter as Axdew. That's A X D E W. Find me there. You can see all my fun conversations I'm having with uh, fun Hollywood and everything like that. And of course, you can see me on Instagram at Theron underscore Reynolds. That's where I post my uh, thirst traps and everything now. Uh, Got to keep y'all coming back for more and everything. So you can follow me on those as well. If you ever want to join our watch parties, because every Wednesday night after the show, we're usually watching one at least one of the movies that we talked about in the show, and we're getting some TV back in there as well, too. We're kind of in a reset because it's the beginning of the year, but you can go, go to discord.gg slash tscarymovie. Again, discord.gg slash tscarymovie to join our Discord and uh, watch some scary movies with us. So, what are we talking about today? Well, last week I had a great, great conversation um, with my good friend Eric Brady talking the new Scream 5. We got a lot of content out of that. And as y'all have seen this week, I already dropped two episodes about that. Me and Eric talked for a while. Uh, one of my absolute favorite episodes yet, uh, just because we completely dissected Scream 5 and had such a great time talking about it. So I've released two parts of that interview uh, right now. They're, they came out this past Monday, this past Tuesday. You're going to see the rest of those hit next week. We're going to spread this out just a little bit. Um, but I thought we'd take a little break and get to another movie that I was really looking forward to talking to y'all about. So we're not talking Scream 5 this time, but we will talk about the fact really quickly that Scream 5 is doing bonkers in the box office right now. You know, initially... Initially, the hope was that uh, Scream 5 would uh, basically get about a $30 million, uh, $30 million uh, opening weekend, I think is what they were saying, is what they were hoping it would end up uh, end up coming in and, and pulling off here. But the fact that Scream just absolutely smashed that, um, uh, 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 oh God, because... What did it end up doing? 48, 48 or 53, something like that there now. Uh, it's made a lot of money. It's already surpassed Scream 4's entire U.S. box office, which is absolutely insane to think about. Uh, but that's super awesome because that means we should be getting reports on Scream 6, maybe Scream 7, sooner than later. This has been a monster, monster hit. And honestly, we have to give pr big props to Sony and to Marvel for moving Morbius because moving Morbius is definitely going to help Scream get these long, long legs. And the fact that there's not really anything big and commercial 
and mainstream that's coming out for the next three weeks. So Scream has room to grow. It has room to stretch. This could be a massive, massive hit. And yes, it's the first hit of 2022. And it's currently the best horror film of 2022 as well. So if you're asking this guy, I think we're going to get the announcement of Scream 6 sooner than later. Um, it hits Paramount Plus here in about three weeks. About mid-February or so is when Scream 5 hits Paramount Plus. And then right now, I guess the uh, the physical release is rumored right now to be sometime in April, hoping like March instead. I'm going to pick it up one way or the other there. But I do feel that we're in store for an announcement sometime here in the next couple months. And if I was a betting man, I'd say they start shooting before the end of the year. Uh, a guy can dream. It might not be right, but they're at least going to announce it, in my opinion. They have to announce part six, scream six before the end of the year. So we'll see, we'll see, but I'm banking on the fact that that's going to happen. That movie is so, so good. Um, looking forward to seeing it again, multiple times, whether it's in theaters or whether it's, uh, at home, I'm very much looking forward to seeing this one. So damn good. Uh, go and see it if you haven't already, especially because then you can have fun listening to me and Eric jibber jabber for a couple hours across a few episodes about scream as well. So definitely go and check that one out. But tonight, we are going to talk about a remake of one of my hidden gems. One of these random movies that I watched uh, I watched a couple of years ago because I was looking for random new shit to watch that I had never tried out before. I don't know how I randomly ended up seeing this one. Like I think it was free on Amazon Prime Video or something like that now. Uh, but we are talking the 2021 remake of The Slumber Party massacre now if y'all remember uh the original film the summer party massacre was a film done in 1982 and it was a movie that was actually set up to be a parody of the slasher genre at the time because in the early 80s that's the pretty much the perfect spot for the slasher genre we had already gotten halloween and a few others by that time we're starting to get all these sequels friday the 13th was knee deep and going and everything like that so slumber party massacre was supposed to be like a parody for those but the thing was is it's like nobody caught that memo so they took it as a straightforward horror movie and it's an interesting one too because it's absolutely a slasher but i talked about this movie a couple years back it's interesting because um movies like valentine are kind of reminiscent of it like we know who the killer is it's very very painfully obvious who the killer in this movie is there is no mystery surrounding that i know valentine added in oh could be one of the girls it's not fucking one of the girls it's david boreanaz of course it's david boreanaz um but um, Summer Party Massacre is fantastic because you know who the killer is the entire time. Um, you don't really care about his motivations because in the original film, uh, the whole idea was that this guy just escapes from, uh, from jail or a mental institution and he mistakenly ends up amongst all these girls there, uh, both at their school and then at the aforementioned slumber party where he starts just massacring them. He starts killing them all and their boyfriends and their teachers and anybody else that shows up to that house. And that was the simple formula. There was nothing else about that at all. That's it. That's all you need to know. Dude uh, breaks out from prison, goes and kills all, starts killing all these girls. What's going to happen? They stop them. End of story. Now, 
I prefer the second movie, Slumber Party Massacre 2, if you recall, uh, because the big one of the big selling points of the first movie is this killer has got this big, big power drill that he uses to kill everybody with. Like, it's it's absurd how big this drill is. And of course, it's phallic. It's supposed to be like imagery and you know symbolism and all that kind of shit there. And of course, he's preying upon helpless women at a sleep at a slumber party. Like, there's a lot of symbolism in these movies and stuff. The second movie for whatever reason, decides that it's going to take that same killer, but suddenly this killer is a rockabilly. For whatever, he's a rockabilly singer, um, and it's hilarious. He's got like a music video halfway through the movie and everything as well, too. That drill is now a guitar that has a drill, uh, a drill worked into it. Like, everything about the movie is so, so fantastic. I absolutely love both Summer Party Massacre 1 and Massacre 2. We watched three the other night. I got to rewatch it again. Um, I didn't feel the same joy from that one as I did the other two, but it wasn't necessarily bad. So it's going to have to get a rewatch. It's not like these are particularly deep, like intelligent films. They're not. Like, you know what you're watching when you get them. And it's always been fascinating to me that the first movie was intended to be parody because you can kind of see that in it. And it's a perfect segue into this reboot, into this remake that we got because the remake does not try to go too far from the formula because it knows that there's no point of doing that. Like, realistically, you stick with what you know best and you hope to God that works out the right way. So stop me if you've heard this before. Uh, in 1993, Trish Devereaux, who is one of the characters from the original film, so they kind of recycle that as well too, but Trish Devereaux is having a slumber party with her friends out in the middle of nowhere in California, and a random figure shows up. This random figure turns out to be Russ Thorne, who is the same name of the killer from the original film as well too who makes his way inside the cabin and murders all of Trish's friends. And Trish fights him, basically. she uh, He drills a hole in Trish's hand. But Trish ultimately walks away from the encounter by knocking Russ Thorne off into the, uh, the lake nearby the cabin where her and her friends are staying at. And he's presumed to have drowned. So we fast forward from that point about uh, 20 years later, I believe, because I think, it, well, I guess like 30 because it's supposed to be modern day, uh, but you know, whatever, 20, 30 years doesn't really matter. But we go to modern day where Trish's daughter, Dana, is heading out for a girl weekend with her best friends. And Trish is obviously feeling uh, hesitant about this, considering that even though it was all this time ago back in the early 90s, you know, she doesn't want her daughter to be in danger because you never know what can happen. And we're led to believe, obviously, this is like the first time that uh, Dana has had this kind of freedom to do that because Trish has had a hard time letting go of uh, her fears and what she feels could happen to Dana because she doesn't truly believe that Russ Thorne is actually dead at this point. So... Dana gets to go off with her friends, including um, uh, including her friend Maeve's younger sister, Alex, who stowed away with them as well. Um, they get to their cabin. It's been renamed and everything. The car breaks down. And uh, they see uh, they start encountering all these weird things at the cabin. And we know what we're in for, okay? If you've seen the other Slumber Party Massacre movies, you obviously know what's going to happen is that these girls are going to get there. Obviously, Russ Thorne is not dead. He's going to show up. He's going to start killing people. And that is the genius of this Slumber Party Massacre remake written by Suzanne Kelly and directed by Danishka Esterhazy. Um, 
It is basically doing what the original film set out to do. Because as you watch the first, I'd say about 30 minutes or so, the film is not a particularly long movie. It's only 86 minutes, just a bit over an hour. Um, but the first like 30 minutes of the movie like set up obviously the backstory we're getting like the original movie to kind of catch you up that's the whole purpose of the 93 like segment that's in there and it's fantastic because you look at it and it does feel dated because we're now on the point to where in 2022 we can look back at the 90s and say god this is so old this is so long ago things look so weird and it does look weird to their credit of the filmmakers is that they make the 90s segment of the film look so like weirdly different from the rest of the movie and that's on purpose because they want you to make uh to make it seem they want you to they want you to understand that this is a 80 slasher film at least in this first half and then they completely throw us for a loop because they we finally realize at this point that most of this movie is actually parody, which is what the Slumber Party Massacre is. Uh, it, that's what it's supposed to be. Like what happens when Maeve's sister, Alex, finds out that there's somebody across the lake who may or may not be Ross Th Thorne back to kill her and all their friends. Surprise, it is. The girls all say, Slumber Party, but... There lies the joke. They all pull out all these weapons that they've been hiding around the house and they reveal that they know that he's alive and they know that by coming back here, he's going to try to attack them. This is all basically a setup to get revenge for Dana's mother's Trish uh, for what happened to her back in 93. And it's hard not to fall in love with the movie after that happens because before that, you kind of look at it as like, oh man, this came on sci-fi. It's going to be another just run-of-the-mill, mediocre, bougie, like sci-fi channel horror film. But it works so well for it because the Slumber Party Massacre movies are not these deep works of art. Like they are... They're, they're making fun of everything that we enjoyed so much about those old 70s and 80s slasher films. And that's what works so well about them. And that's what makes them so good. Like, ironically so, that's what makes them so good. And this is another great installment of this franchise because it knows how silly the franchise as a whole is. It doesn't try to push past that. It basically says, this is what we are. We're going to give you a little bit of that. Then we're going to turn it on its head. Then we're actually going to make a horror movie because there's three different phases of this. And again, the 90s segment is very much catching you up on what the entire idea of this series is. And it plays perfectly. Then the middle segment of this film to where it's parody at that point, to the point to where the guys that are in this, uh, the, you know, the, the young adults or teenage guys who are there to play off the girls. If this is back in the 70s and 80s, we'd be seeing all the girls naked and running around and acting stupid. And they're just like, like, they're not written well in the least bit, but because we're not there anymore and there's been progression and folks can have well-rounded characters, it's all flipped around. And the guys are the sex object in this, which is fucking hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. They even do a shower scene with one of the guys. And it's like, this is so perfect. You know what you're doing. It's some of the best writing and directing for a horror movie. And not only that, but a comedic horror film that I've seen in a while because it knows how to turn like those tropes on their heads and make it such an interesting film. Like, cause there's guy one and there's guy two. Well, I thought guy was in the house. No, that's guy two. Guy one was here the whole time. Like this is an actual conversation that happens. And the fact that the guys even called themselves out on this as well, too. It's like, you know, I should believe what you're saying, but 
I, I just can't believe you because you're a woman. And it's stupid and it's hilarious. This film is uh, was a joy. It was an absolute joy to watch. And, you know, I realized that I got to stop counting these sci-fi movies out before I actually get a chance to see them. Because especially in this case, this was perfect. And it's weird to think that this came out, you know, uh, back in October of last year, and it went very, very much under the radar. So I started doing some research and saw there was a lot of positive reaction to this movie. Like a lot of people really, really enjoyed it. And I don't think a lot of a lot of people saw it because one, it's a sci-fi channel movie, and two, it's a reboot of a like quality wise, whatever you could say about it. But I don't know if anybody would say the Summer Party Massacre is like this super, super popular film that's out there or anything like that. And I think it really should be because this reboot is timely given Scream 5 and everything that Scream 5 talks about in it. Like because Scream 5 is a movie of, uh, of, of characters finally realizing that we're in a horror movie. We can't do this stupid shit. This is why we die all the time. So let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And let's see what happens. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't work out. I'm not going to talk about that here because we're not spoiling anything. But that's one of the best things about this film, uh, about Summer Party Massacre, is that it's like Scream 5, to where these characters do realize that they're in, a, like, they're in a horror movie and they're basically going against the grain of what they know could cause issues to the point that after we get uh once we get into the third act and we we then realize the girls are in a much more serious situation than they ever thought that they could be and that's when it falls into an actual horror movie and then at that point it's even better because not necessarily that's a scary film not necessarily that the third act is like super strong or anything but we're now attached to these girls we know they're smart we know that they've thought out everything about this entire situation so when shit finally goes wrong when it finally goes just off the rails for them they're screwed they're absolutely screwed and i love that because they're clearly shown to be the smartest characters in this movie so what happens that even when you're the smartest characters in this film everything just goes against you at that point and again i i don't know how many times i want to say it but i really did enjoy this movie i had so much fun watching the slumber party massacre reboot to the point to where i really wouldn't mind them doing a sequel for it because it kind of writes itself you just do slumber party massacre 2 as a reboot you don't need to do anything special like just do that only in today's date, to the point to where they kind of set themselves up for it because there is some a very 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 Big, big, big direct reference to Slumber Party Massacre 2 in this film. You will see it almost right away when the guys show up in the uh, in the modern ver uh, part of the story and everything. Uh, very, very big nod to that, which is fantastic, to the point that my good friend Mr. Eric Brady, who did the Scream episodes with me recently, was even asking about, uh, you know, about a certain something being in here. And Eric, yeah, um, we're going to watch it, but you're going to see that I, I'm not, they're not subtle with it. They're not subtle with this at all, the nods to Slumber Party Massacre 2, which is the better of the series, honestly. Um, but again, let me just say this one more time so we're all on the same page here. This is not your elevated horror, which I love elevated horror. It's a fucking dumb term. Um, but uh, like this movie is very, very much like turn off your brain. 
You don't need to figure out who the killer is. You know who the killer is. Um, it's not that hard to work out what the story beats in this movie are going to be at all. Just sit there and have some mindless old school horror fun. That is really what this Slumber Party Massacre reboot really is. Um, and the acting truly isn't that bad either, which is honestly um, one of the really, really fun things about it. Like, I did really enjoy the fact that the cast in here, especially again for a sci-fi film, um, they, they really do. They, they really do know what they're doing. They're, they're, they're making good choices. They're not acting like crap is the best way to put that. Honestly, I don't know a better way, a better way to put that there, but it, it's really good folks. You definitely are going to want to check this one out. You got to come to watch party tonight and watch it with us. Y'all slumber party massacre, 2021, the reboot. Yes. And so that is going to do it for us tonight, folks. Yeah, um, I, I decided to break things up, like I mentioned, because the whole idea is that we talk so much about Scream. I couldn't just put it on this one episode. And I really didn't want to do a spoiler-free one because I had so much fun enjoying, uh, enjoying that film. Again, I'm going to see it multiple times. You should, too. So make sure to go out and support Radio Silence, um, our veteran cast of uh, Roger Jackson, David Arquette, Nev Campbell, and Courtney Cox, and then all of our newcomers. Support them. They absolutely deserve it for this work of art they've brought to all of you in this time. And make sure you are back next week because next week, January 26th, we're going to get to a couple that y'all have been really wanting to see. Uh, we're going to talk and we're going to watch Underwater and The Mag, a couple of ocean themed scary movies there uh one very very much in uh the deep deep crevices of underwater horror now um but fantastic movies i'm excited to talk those and watch those with y'all we'll have some fun we'll act like we're warm even though we're in the mist of winter and it's going to be cold i'm positive next week when we're talking about that but you know the deal y'all like comment, uh, subscribe, and share. Get that word out there. Um, I, I always love it when y'all do, and I love the conversations y'all leave out there for me as well, too. Um, hit me on Twitter. Hit me on Instagram as well, because I love interacting with y'all. Um, and then also make sure to check out a lot of my friends who have some great things going. Erie, Interna uh, Erie International. Absolutely love those guys. They're doing their retrospective right now on Scream 1, 2, 3, and 4. As well, they did a lot of fantasy uh, fantasy filmmaking as well, too, recently on some of their episodes. Those guys are knocking it off the park. Make sure you're checking out everything they have to say. Um, but that's going to do it for me, folks. You see my socials there. Give me on a follow. I'm T. We've been talking scary movies. Stay scared.
especially Dewey is. All right, that's going to wrap up part two of my discussion with Mr. Eric Brady about Scream 5. We got part three coming here soon, so be on the lookout for that. Folks, again, my name is T. We've been talking scary movies. Stay scared.